Notice with me in John 17 and verse 14, you know, Jesus is praying these, this prayer. It's, it's called the high priestly prayer of the master. He said in John 17, 14, he said, I have given them your word, talking to the father. And the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. One translation, I believe it's the message says, I gave them your word and the godless world hated them because of it. The godless world hates born again believers who are serious about the Word of God. Now why is that? Because we haven't joined the world's ways. Just as I didn't join the world's ways, Jesus said. So the world system is going in a complete opposite direction than the kingdom of God. Now notice in verse 15 in John. He says, I pray that thou shouldest not take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from evil. Amen. Keep them from evil. Protect them. Verse 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So we see now that we're living in the world, but we're not of this world. You're from another world. You are citizens of another world. You are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So in verse 16, he says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Now, in this translation of the message, it says, they are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. They're not defined by the world. The world does not define you. The world does not define me. It's not the world that defines us. It's the Word of God that defines us. And so if you want to discover how God defines you, look into this Word. Look into these exceeding great and precious promises and you'll find yourself in the Word. We have been defined by the Word of truth. Defined. In other words, we are not marked in or fenced in by the godless world system. When you become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you are a person that cannot be held back. You cannot be kept down. You cannot be fenced in because God is for you and he's on your side. Now the world system will attempt to put a limit on us, to fence us in, and to put us in a box. I'm here tonight just to encourage you to refuse the limitations that the world would try to impose on you. Refuse what they say about you. You find out what God says about you. And that is the definition of your life. Stop allowing yourself to be constricted, confused, refuse to listen to the naysayers. What do the naysayers sound like? You will never. 
The naysayers say, you're not smart enough. But you know that you have the mind of Christ. You know you have a sound mind. You know that you're quick and you're bright and you're sharp. And you're really good looking. The world will tell you that you don't have enough education. You're not good looking enough. You don't have this and you don't have that. You wouldn't, you shouldn't, and you couldn't. You can't do it. But I found a verse of scripture that says we can. I'm part of the can-do bunch. I'm not part of the can't-do bunch. We're part of the can-do bunch. Success comes in cans. And in Philippians, the fourth chapter, it says this, I can. I can do all things through Christ the anointed one and his anointing which strengthens me don't ever forget if God opens up a door of employment for you that you may not feel like you're up to the task if God opens up a door for you he will equip you he will he will quicken you he will help you to do a very very good job amen we are not Men and women that are following after the flesh and the carnal ways of this world. Say with me, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I like that, don't you? And then in John 17 and in verse 17, he says this. You're not defined by the world. They hate you because they hated me. But I tell you what, it doesn't matter because I've sanctified you. I've separated you from the world system. And the way that I've done it is I've taken my word of truth and I've made it available to you. And as you put my word of truth in you, it has sanctifying power. It has separating power. It will set you apart. From this world system. Do you like it? And so. In our lives. We should be saying. There's no more limits. For me. I'm going to add this to our no more series. We've talked about. No more condemnation. And no more separation. From the father. Now what we're saying is because of whose we are and where we are, we have no more limits in our life. It's the same thing as saying no more boundaries. Just think about the word boundaries. It carries with it the word bound. Boundaries. Have you ever thought about the boundaries in your life? Being bound, being fenced in and being limited? I believe that many people have been blinded to the boundaries that have enslaved them and has held them back from living in the blessings of God. A boundary is something that indicates a limit. A boundary can be a sickness. It can be lack. It can be depression. It can even be complacency. It is anything that keeps us from living the extraordinary life that God has planned for you and for me from before the foundation of the world. 
Hallelujah. Extraordinary. Supernatural life. And I believe this. That the most important first step in breaking through the boundaries is letting this word of God change you from the inside and let it work its way to the outside. So he says, well, I, I just don't, I don't see how I could live a supernatural life. I don't see how I could live an extraordinary life. Listen, friends, it begins by getting saved and then continues by getting our minds renewed. Now listen to this statement. The new birth changes your spirit, but the renewing of your mind changes your soul. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a physical body. When I got saved in 1975, I was immediately brand new on the inside. I became a new creation. And so did you. But my mind needed to be saved. My mind needed to be restored. My mind needed to be renewed. Renewed. Say it with me, renewed. And so that's what God's Word does. God's Word saves you, saves your soul. It restores your soul. And it renews your mind. Look with me at Romans, the 12th chapter, if you would. And notice with me in verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Romans 12, 1 says this. And be not conformed to this world. But be ye, Romans 12, 2. But be transformed or changed by what? Notice it does not say by the removal of your mind, but by the renewing of your mind. And when this transformation begins to take place, instead of being conformed to this world, you become conformed to the image of His Son. You become more like the Master the more your mind gets renewed. Amen. Listen to this statement. Renewing the mind is more than learning. I'm going to say it again. Renewing the mind is more than learning. Renewing the mind, it's changing. And change is a process. How many of you know renewing the mind is not a one-time event? I, got, I read the Word of God in 1975, and I don't need to read it anymore because my mind's been renewed. Uh-uh. Renewal of the mind and change and transformation is ongoing. How many of you know that you and I are under construction? Can, need I say it again? You and I are under construction. And God is committed to the work that He's begun in us. He's committed to perform it and to work in our lives until He returns. But we must make ourselves available to that transformation. We must submit to His Word 
and recognize and realize that we haven't arrived. How many of you know we know in part? We prophesy in part. We are a work in motion. Is that right? But now here's the thing. How many of you want Him to work in you? Yes, amen. How many of you realize that in your flesh you've got some imperfections? How many know that in your flesh you've got some work to do? This Word will enable you to change and to be transformed to the degree where your flesh can be put in subjection to the power of God in your life. Change is a process. It's not a one-time event. And as much as we are able to partake of great word around the nation and, and good word here at the church, it is not enough. It's not enough just to feed on God's word when it's, when it's comfortable to. It's not enough to take a promise from the promise box weekly and say, that's enough. God would have us to gorge ourselves on the Word of God. So here's the deal. Consistency is a big key to change. Consistency. You look at the empty chairs tonight, I'm not moved by that. We look at empty chairs sometimes on Sunday morning, I'm not moved by that. But it tells me that there's an inconsistency that is running rampant in the body of Christ and people are going to pay a price for it. And I'm not talking about because they're not attending the church. I'm talking about because they're not attending to the Word. Amen. And they're not attending to godly principles such as faithfulness and stewardship. It is of utmost important that we feed our spirits. So consistency, it's a huge key to change. So what are you saying tonight, Pastor Mark? I'm saying stay with it. I'm saying be diligent. The Bible says that He will reward those who diligently seek Him. Not who casually seek Him. But those, oh Shandai, those that are all in. How many of you are all in? I'm all in, I'm all in, I'm in Christ. I'm in the family, I'm in the kingdom of God. I'm in the word of God. Say it with me, I'm all in. One writer wrote it like this. He said this, If you want to take the limits off of your life, you're going to have to do more than is required. You're going to need to go the extra mile and exceed what others might be willing to do. Somebody says, that, sound about, that sounds like works. No, it's not works. It's responding to the grace of God on your life. And it's responding to the changes that He wants to work in us. You know, I've been changed, but I need to be changed more. Since you've been a Christian for over 40 years, haven't you, you know, what's wrong with you? Well, what's wrong with you? (laughs) He's rewarding diligence. 
Now listen to the voice translation of Romans 12.2. Don't allow this world to mold you into its own image. Instead, be transformed from the inside out by renewing your mind. Here's what will happen. Here's the result. You'll be able to discern what God wills. You will ne- I will never know God's will until I've been changed. Until I've been transformed and learn to think like Him. As a result, you'll be able to discern what God wills and whatever God finds good and pleasing and complete. Say it with me, I have to change, have to change. On, the on the inside before anything, anything. will ever change, will ever change. on the outside. Yes. So let me just share with you a couple more scriptures. It's getting about that time. You know, we always want to give place to the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I I would rather have what happened tonight Mm -hmm. in the Spirit and teach maybe 15, 20 minutes than just get up here and teach for an hour without the Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I said thank God for the Holy Ghost. Meditating in God's Word will build a great capacity for mind renewal. It'll build a great capacity for faith in your life. Notice with me in Joshua 1.8, if you would, please. I want to exhort you to go to bed meditating on a scripture. Go to bed tonight meditating on, for example, 1 John 4.4. Let it come out of your heart and come out of your mouth tonight. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Maybe you have a big day tomorrow. Let me tell you this. For every big day, we got a bigger God. Put him first place. I trust you, Lord, with all my heart. And I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. But tonight, I just want you to know that I love you. And I acknowledge you in all my ways. And I'm inviting you to direct my path tomorrow. Amen. Notice Joshua 1.8. Meditation means to mutter, to think, to ponder. It means to speak. It means to talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. The world may think you're crazy talking to yourself. But they don't know what you're talking about. If you know what you're talking about and you're talking the word, you ain't crazy. Amen. Joshua 1.8. Let's read it together. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So how long and how often should we be meditating in the Word? Day and night. Now that doesn't mean 24 hours a day. You know, God knows that you've got things to do, clothes to wash, work to go to. He knows all that. But during a portion of your day, And during a portion of your night, there should be some meditation taking place. And along with meditation comes transformation. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now notice this. 
then you may observe, in other words, that you may be able to see, to do according to what is written therein. Now read the rest with me. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then Everybody here tonight wants good success. But meditation and transformation is a highway to good success. It is a highway, it is a bus, if you will, for you and I to deal wisely in all the affairs of life. The only way that we're going to be able to operate in the wisdom of God is to have the wisdom of God. And in the Word of God, the wisdom of God is found. Hallelujah. And then turn over to Psalms 1 before we close. Psalms 1. We'll look at it and we'll read it. In Psalms 1, it said, Blessed, happy to be envied is the man. Hallelujah. That walketh not... What? In other words, is not the counsel of the ungodly the world system? Anybody ever gotten some ungodly counsel before? We are wise men and women that if we will submit ourselves into the counsel of wise men and women. I do that all the time in my life. The counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth, stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2, but my delight and your delight is in what? Our delight is in the Word of God. And in His Word, do we meditate, there it is again, day, everyone say, day and night, I will meditate. Say it this way, I will meditate during the day and during the night. What's happening when you're meditating by day and by night? You're getting light. I said you're getting light. You're getting light. Because the entrance of His Word, what does it do? It turns the lights on, man. Next verse, verse 3. And here's what will happen. You shall be, I prophesy this over your lives. That you shall be, we shall be, like trees. Planted by the rivers of water. Not shrubs blown away by every wind of doctrine. Not shrubs moved by the opinion of man and the opinion of this world. No, thank God we're trees. And we're planted by the rivers of water. And there's going to be some fruit happening. Our leaf is not going to wither. And whatsoever we do... Show what? Did you notice prosper came up in both of those scriptures? You'll be able to deal wisely and prosper in all the affairs of life. And whatsoever he do shall prosper. That's my prayer for your life. That you be transformed. That you be changed from the inside out. And that you get stronger in your spirit. Until Jesus comes back and takes us all home. Can we read the rest of the psalm? You can stand up. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Verse 5. 
Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the seat of the, of the, the righteous. Is there another verse? For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Is there another verse? I think that's it. Here's what's going to happen, guys. When you do this as a way of life, your profiting is going to appear to people. And you know what you'll be able to say? You won't say, well, these things are happening in my life because I burned the midnight oil. Because I'm, you know, I'm really a tiger spiritually. It's, it's my faith, you know. No. When good things begin to happen in your life and your profiting appears to all men, you'll just lift up your hand and say, To Him be all the glory. To Him be all the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen.